This is Roger Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, sponsored by Penske Truck Rental. IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. On last week's show, we focused on 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion Kyle Larson of Hendrick Motorsports as he completed his Indianapolis 500 rookie orientation program and ran his first laps in an IndyCar at the famed Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But there were three other drivers that also completed their Indy 500 ROP, and we will hear from all three of them today. Tom Blomquist passed his ROP for Meyer Shank Racing, as did Chip Ganassi Racing's Linus Lundquist and Marcus Armstrong. We will hear from all three drivers on this edition of Pit Pass Indy, as well as team owner Chip Ganassi and racing legends, including four-time Indianapolis 500 winner Elio Castroneves and three-time Indy 500 winner Dario Franchitti. Pit Pass Indy was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to cover the action. First up is Tom Blomquist of Meyer Shank Racing in this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy. Basically, your impressions of uh, being able to go around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow, it's such a special day for me. Um, yeah, that was a pretty cool experience, I must admit. Um, you know, getting those first laps on a few hours ago. Damn, it's such an eye-opener. You know, the first lap, you're like just soaking it all in. And then you got to kind of get down to business and make sure, you know, you can get through this uh, rookie orientation um, test, as they call it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, as, as the runs went on, just, you know, damn, it was so much fun. Like that last run there, just, you know, flat out there, um, all the way around for like 15 laps was, was really, really cool. So... Uh, Damn, I'm I'm really excited to to come back here in in May um, to kick the you know the big thing off. It's going to be my first 500, and my first one I'm coming to is one I'm competing in. So that's going to be pretty wild. But uh, you know, all baby steps, right? Like it's uh, there's a long road ahead of us. Um, you know, it's my first. I got my first ever oval experience a few weeks ago at Texas, um, which definitely helps the process coming here um, because in all honesty, this this track's a little bit more straightforward, uh, more natural. Uh, but yeah, I mean, such an exciting and fun morning. So I'm, um, yeah, really grateful. The way these cars are designed, they don't really handle very well at slower speeds. So did you notice that in phase one and phase two? Yeah, I went out in phase one. I was like, oof, that's going to be hard to like compete this, you know, do this. Obviously, we set the car up, you know, a little bit differently and and the track's very, very green. But uh, yeah, it actually did get easier the faster I went. So uh, that was kind of... Uh, 
nice to know. Because um, at the beginning, I was like, oof, yeah, this, this will be interesting. But yeah, it, it does get, you know, the car is designed to to go at those, you know, higher speeds. You, in all honesty, you almost produce more downforce, right? And uh, just focusing on turning points instead of lifting and trying to manage the speed, it definitely, you know, makes it a little bit more straightforward. And how much are you looking forward to when they take the shackles off and let you open it up? I mean, I couldn't imagine going 10 mile an hour quicker. So, uh, you know, that's going to be a, a whole new uh, ball game. And uh, man, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, pumped. You know, it's it's been a fantastic day. Uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. You know, I grew up, you know, watching this this guy over here, Elio. You know, climb that fence when I was when I was about seven, eight years old. So. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to have him, uh, you know, giving me some tips and pointers here, you know, in my own experience. So, yeah, yeah very cool. I mean, there's a bit of relief, but, uh, you know, obviously I, I still anticipated it being, you know, something that I would get, get through, right? Like, that, you know, I'm not, it shouldn't be that much of a challenge. And at the end of the day, I'm, I'm coming here to, uh, you know, try and compete for victories in the future. Uh, but it's, you know, it's all part of the process. And, you know, I read something, uh, you know, this is, Kind of also been a bit of a tradition, right? It's been around for a long, long time here. Um, but it's definitely rewarding to, you know, know that you can do it, uh, know that, um, you know, it is possible because, man, you're going so fast around here, right? And uh, I'm just always, I'm so fascinated by how your body and how your mind just processes everything and slows things down. You know, at some point, you don't feel like you're doing the speed you're doing, right? Uh but I keep saying it, you know, it's just one thing driving around by yourself, right? But it's, uh, you know, come May, there's 30, you know, three other, or 32 other cars uh, that you got to navigate your way through and, and manage with traffic and, and all the racecraft stuff. So that's a, another thing. But, you know, just like I said before, just, just baby steps. And, yeah, very excited and proud to have been able to, you know. I mean, Texas, it was, you know, very, very valuable for me to get those laps, you know, at Texas. Um, just the small things that, you know, probably people don't appreciate, like, you know, the way you sit with your head, you know, all crooked over. Um, the kind of load, constant loading on the body uh, here is obviously a lot less than Texas. Um, you know, the, the way the car feels even, like, when it pulls you down the straight, right, to even keep the thing straight, you know, it doesn't want to go straight because it's designed for the corners. So all those little small things, just the constant speed, you know, the feathering of the throttle, your, your steering inputs. I kind of figured that out or got an understanding of that at Texas. So coming here, I was definitely a lot more relaxed than I was, you know, having that first go uh, in Texas a few weeks back. So yeah, that was, yeah. You know, I've been very lucky, lucky to have these opportunities, um, you know, for next season. So, uh, you know, it's not all the, it doesn't, it's not often that you get an opportunity to come here, you know, in, in the, let's say off season and, and get some laps in. So yeah, very, very grateful. Some drivers have described the IMS Oval as a high-speed road course because of the precision corners. Do you, did you sense that when you were out there? It's definitely um, more, a lot more natural than, than um, Texas, for example. Uh, obviously, that's what I've done before. You know, the corners are very similar. Um, obviously, each one's got its individual, you know, traits and... and um, things that you have to kind of understand, which obviously the laps I've been doing is, you know, slowly figuring that out, you know, how the car behaves in, in the different types of corners. Uh, because, you know, on ovals and obviously specifically super speedways, you know, the margins are so, so small. Um, you know, everything, every little bit makes a difference. So, uh, yeah, but it, it was, you know, more natural, I'd say, oval to drive. And obviously you've got a little bit more time, the straights are longer, you know, the laps twice as long. Um, so yeah, it's it's 
it's definitely, uh, it's, it's different, but it's, I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. How is Elio as a teacher? I mean, he's always on the phone, so like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. supposed to be helping me. No, 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 he's, he's great. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, yeah, no one is, uh, you know, what he's done around here is, is quite spectacular. So uh, there's no better guy to, to have kind of, you know, helping me and, and giving me tips and pointers. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to be able to, you know, pick his brains. Um, obviously, I've done the, the whole rookie thing now. Um, I think now we've, we've got one more set of tyres. Uh, so we'll just try and maybe do little tweaks with the cars, you know, have a look at some of the data now. I haven't really had a chance to look at the data or the video since this morning. So look at some things that I can do differently in, in terms of, the, you know, the driving. Um, and then maybe, you know, do a small little changes on the car to get a feel for that, uh, you know, before May. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's so valuable. Um, this track time here and yeah very very lucky to be able to get it I I mean surprising um, I think you know and not really surprising um, you know but I'm like I said before I'm constantly in awe how you know at the beginning it feels so goddamn fast and by the end you know your like brain and your mind everything just kind of slows down to where it becomes you know, you don't realize that you're doing, you know, 200 and whatever, 20 mile an hour when you turn into the first corner sort of thing. So uh, that's, you know, that, that that's always surprises me, but in, in a good way, because I'm glad that happens, right? <laughs> um, or else it would be pretty pretty gnarly. Um, but yeah, just, just um, I think, you know, there's so many different things, right? Like, you know, your brakes, like, obviously you don't need them, but like... <laughs> When you come to pit lane, you hope, right? You hope like, you don't need them. <laughs> you know, this, you know, this, the way everything feels like, you know, I haven't obviously done any of the, um, you know, pit entry, the pit exits properly, right? Like that's that's a, that's a different ball game because, you know, you can win and lose a lot, right, in, in those phases. So there's so many other things that I still haven't, you know, kind of attacked in the right, you know, in, in the way. So, uh, you know, May's going to be, you know, still huge, huge challenge. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot, actually, and you know, uh, I knew I I I, I would, but um, it's 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 been really good so far. So uh, yeah, I'm very very lucky. <laughs> ah, it's, it's wild, you know, because at the at the beginning when you're not used to it, like you're you're so tense, um, you know, you, you don't really, you're so like, whoa, this, you know, you're focusing on like your your turning input, you know, your your turning points, your your steering inputs, um, all those things, and it's it's when you're driving at such a high speed, like everything needs to be, you know, the precision element of, of driving is is at its, you know, utmost importance. So that is, I actually like that, um, but I've just gradually been getting used to the speeds because I've never done it before. I've never driven at these super high speeds, you know. It takes me time to, to get there, um, to feel like I'm super confident and comfortable. In, and obviously it's, you know, I'm still not there, right? Like it's, it's not like I'm a veteran here at all and uh, I've got so, so much to learn. And not only that, but then understanding the car and the needs of the car, the needs of me, you know, what, I, what I'm going to need from the car um, to help me uh, and feel confident and all those little things. So it's just such a whole new um, kind of process for me uh, and something I've never done in my whole race career but uh, at the end of the day it is a race car it's uh, got a steering wheel four wheels and uh, 
you know, it's 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 a challenge that I'm really, really excited for. I haven't had the chance to um, speak to him yet today. I've uh, been in the car all morning, but, um, you know, I think what's useful is obviously he's also came from, you know, being around the block, of, you know, being at two of arguably some of the, you know, strongest teams on the grid. Uh, so I think he can give me a lot of info, you know, any stuff that get, you know, maybe we don't discuss or that they can they discuss over there and and you know he's been very quick here over the last few years as well so uh, you know he, he really knows how to get around the space um, quickly and yeah um, I think it's I've got a good you know bunch and not only that also like the whole Andretti um, organization there you know the other guys so there's there's a big you know group of us to to pick information from so yeah is there a little bit of a bittersweet experience going to road Atlanta because it's going to be Meyer Shank Racing's last sports car race in IMSA, at least for a while. Uh, and you've had a lot of success with that team. And to know that your IMSA career is taking a new direction, coming to IndyCar, and their IMSA career is basically going to be parked for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a great shame. Um, yeah, you know, we've been on the grid, Chief, such, you know, so many great things um, over the past, you know, two years. Uh so obviously, yeah. I mean, new challenges, you know, for me personally. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely sad to to see the guys, uh, you know, not on the grid next year. Um, but you know, they'll be back. It's you know, kind of the sports cars stuffs in in the DNA of, of this team as well, right? So uh, they'll be back, and you know, not not too worried about that. And hopefully, um, you know, hopefully, I'm also you know still kind of hanging around and 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 you know, competing in some of those, you know, blue ribbon races, right? Because that's still a huge passion of mine. Um, LO's got three dates, dates at Rolex Daytonas and I've only got two. So I need to yeah. <laughs> try and uh, catch catch him. Um, but yeah, it's sports cars, you know, it's a big, you know, it's part of my, you know, it's played a big role in my career, right? To the state, you know, even got me to this point. So uh, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to keep that going. And wrapping up here with Tom Blomquist, Meyer Schnake Racing, what does the Indianapolis 500 mean to you? Hmm, that's a great. I actually haven't thought about that answer, and I think it's it's an answer that deserves you know a lot of thought. And um, you know, this place is so rich in history. Um, you know, it's got this immense aura about it when you walk in. I can only imagine what it feels like with 350, 400,000 yeah. people here. Um, and yeah, I mean, wow, I'm, I'm almost, you know, I'm living a dream, right? Like I said before, I, I grew up watching this race. Um, and to be able to compete in it is uh, simply, yeah, incredible. And I'm, yeah, very, uh, very, very grateful for where I've managed to, you know, get myself in, in, in my career. Tom Blomquist, congratulations on getting through ROP as quick as you did. Good luck in your IMSA finale and also good luck next season your rookie season in the NTT IndyCar Series, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Elio Castroneves is now an ownership partner at Meyer Shank Racing and also serves as an advisor to the team. One of only four drivers that have won the Indianapolis 500 four times in his career, Pit Pass Indy caught up with Castroneves at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for this exclusive interview. So since you're now a teacher, how do you think of your student, Tom Plumquist, in Indy ROP? 
Look, uh, it's it brings me memories from my um, my rookie orientation as well, and I had incredible guys um, talking about Al Senior and uh, John Rutherford back then. Even Eddie Cheever was was around. So, yeah, it was um, you know the phase. You got to be patient. Uh, he was actually plenty patient at the moment, and uh, he did what he needs to do. Uh, until when he got to flat out and, um, and he felt he felt uh, home. So that's good. I, you know, people sometimes get anxious to get to the point and sometimes say, you got to go flat out, but you don't know how to get there. I just mentioned to few corners that he should start first uh, until he feels comfortable. I, 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 I bet that, and that's what he did. Uh, he started using that, those places that I, for me, worked and I believe it worked with him as well and, and turned out to be a, a great way. I can't tell you. Fine. You got to pay me to, uh, to tell you what I it don't is. Have to pay you. <laughs> you know, Tom has experience, believe it or not. Uh, he's not a rookie. I feel that uh, helps tremendous, especially in a series so competitive. Uh, he does have the, uh, the talent that, uh, comp- sorry, the base that he started was with very impressive pedigree, let's put it this way, in Europe. Uh, and I feel when you have that kind of comparison, I mean, no question, he might have, didn't have the opportunity back then and have a second time. So I'm always believing a second time, a uh, second chance. Uh, but at this point, this is his first time. So Mike and I, and the, the, he proved in sports car how fast he is. Uh, in, 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 and these days to be, uh, to be, to adapt quick, uh, it's extremely important, and that's sports car it is. So he will be definitely um, uh, learning a lot, but showing a lot too. Crazy, and the feedback you hear talking about the car. When once you're a race car driver, you you're able to give a great feedback, which helps the engineers to uh, to get to the, the the perfect setup. As far as yourself, are you adapting into this role of being a teacher? I am not. Um, I am not. <laughs> I saw my name up there. I was like, hey, that means I can do some laps. Look, uh, it's being uh, interesting for sure. Um, I, I still feel very much that I should be behind the wheel. But I'll go with the flow. It's a learning curve, you know, aspect. I think in life you adapt in, every, in, in some circumstances. And... Um, but I, I am enjoyed. I, I and again, very grateful for Mike's uh, Jim and the entire Liberty Group to be able to open up this uh, chapter and ch- and channel for me to uh, to keep it going. No disrespect, but for the last couple of years, this has been a veteran-based team with yourself as the driver and Simon Pagano. Now the team's getting a little younger. Felix is in the prime of his career, probably, but uh, Tom's new. He's got a lot of racing experience, but the team is now working with some inexperienced drivers. Not saying Felix is inexperienced, but it's a little bit different dynamic than when it was you and Simon. How do you view that as far as the entire team? Well, and that's one of the reasons that we have uh, one driver that it's coming uh, fresh from, from, you know, another team, able to hopefully give some of the knowledge, you know, those teams have. Um, and Tom is perfect because he's fresh. There is no bad habits. There is no, uh, it's actually starting all over again. Um, and you can have the best of the worlds. 
which I like it. I like it because you're going to... Uh, but in the same time, Tom is not as, as uh, I feel that as rookie in racing that oh, I got to prove this or that. So um, I feel that it's going to be a good combination. I like it. Um, that's, why, um, that's why we have them. And as a driver who's spent time with Meyer Shank Racing in the IMSA program, is there a bit of sadness this weekend in the fact that this is going to be the last run of the sports car, at least for a while? Yeah, extremely sad. Um, particularly for us, won the Daytona 24-hour this year, not to be able to defend next year. Uh, but, you know, and for Mike especially, I mean, his probably foundation was through... Uh, through sports car and um, but as you mentioned I don't think it's the it's over um, I've seen and I actually leave it with Team Penske when they used to be in sports car left for a while now they're back again so I believe that's what's going to happen with MSR as well I will I'll definitely will I like to keep it sharp I like to keep it running um, remember I'm still doing the Indy 500 so it's always good to be behind the wheel I'm probably going to do SRX as well, but it's always good to... Plus, like I said, I want to defend... <clears throat> I won the last three races on, straight on that place in Daytona, so it would be nice to, uh, to do it again. Never had a chance to ask you this, but you became famous for climbing the fence after winning the Indy 500. What was your thought when you saw Joseph Newgarden go under the fence after he won the Indy 500? Yeah, I, was, I saw he came out of the cars. What is he going? And uh, when he went under the fence, I'm like... I think that's a rookie mistake. <laughs> he should celebrate the climb the fence. But look, it was fun. A lot of people enjoyed it, and which I think um, uh, that's what it should be. That's the way it should be. And every victory, doesn't matter who it is, every victory, it shows that how hard it is to get there and you need to express emotions in a good way. Do you remember your first time coming to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Yeah, I do. I, um, I first I, f I felt this from TV. The track looks narrow than what it was. The place was huge. Uh, coming through to the tunnel, I, I didn't see the racetrack. I saw everything. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I believe it was in October as well when we were with uh, yeah in the Treadway uh, team. And uh, first laps around, I. I was very, very intimidated uh, by the place. And then I realized that I couldn't go up more than 200 miles an hour. And I was like, how this guy's going 220? This is, this is very difficult. We realized the fax, back then was fax machine. We had an issue with the setup. <laughs> we fixed it. <sighs> okay, but it was good. It was good because it shows me this place is, you gotta respect. Well. The good news is, is enough experienced people around here today, um, and and the cars are able to, and the weather helps so much to provide this sort of safety net. Um, and he felt, as you can see, he come out, he's like, he's like showing, uh, really uh, excited uh, to be able to finish the test, and now continue moving on. If you were to pick one, who is your favorite teammate? Wow. Several. Um, yeah, no, I, I became a good friend with Jude Ferrin. That was sort of my, uh, I learned a lot from him in my beginning of Penske days. So he was, um, yeah, we're still friends till this day. So 
um, I, if I have to pick one. But I had a tremendous. Uh, Ryan Briscoe was another fantastic guy that is still like him very much. Um, uh, Will was another guy. Simon. Uh, it's hard to just pick one. I always got along with well with my teammates. Uh, even Sam Hornish that we have a lot of competitions prior to be teammates and inside the team. We, in the end, we end up, you know, sort of like in good terms with each other, which I like that. So uh, all of them, I didn't have any any. Gio was when I it was young. I was I was I never won a race or I never, and he he's sort of like was battling for championships. I finally I said I gotta follow this guy. I gotta learn from this guy, and he definitely. Um, put me in the right path. And here's another one that's a little bit different topic, but since 2020, the only oval race here in 2021, 2022, and 2023 was the Indianapolis 500. Next year, the Brickyard 400 is going to return on the oval. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I think it's it should be, honestly. Uh, it should be uh, ovals. Uh, this place is <laughs> legit. It's, and you can ask probably the the, the cup guys, they want to be, you know, the same scenario as the Indy 500. Um, but great. If they are doing that, I, I, yeah, maybe I can have a ride for that. Huh? <laughs> and also a, another former teammate of yours. Which I did, by the way, on IROC. <laughs> I did. And I remember have Dale Jarrett. Man, impressive. He was by this much every lap in the wall and I couldn't pass him. But uh, yeah, you Another former teammate of yours that's having a lot of success in NASCAR is A.J. Allmendinger. He won this yes, past weekend yes, yes. at the Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval. And what's it like to see the rejuvenation of his career in NASCAR Cup? Uh, he uh, incredible because of his background, started the IndyCar and uh, went to the Cup, came back to IndyCar with RP, um, went back to uh, to Cup, was out for a, for a while, and then back again. So it, it well, first of all, it shows that um, a talent guy, um, uh, obviously Mike uh, liked him very much. That he gave him a chance on the sports car many times, and um, yeah, he is the type of guy, energetic talent. I'm ha I was very very happy for him, and um, yeah. I'm sure we'll, this is not the last win we're going to see from him. Are you disappointed that Texas Motor Speedway will not be on the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series schedule? Yes, shame. I very much like that place. Uh, obviously, for, for obviously reasons. <laughs> and um, not sure what happened, if it was poor management or, or not able to... Um, the the racetrack is the race is entertainment, no question. Um, I don't think uh, just because they made change on the track, lost a little bit, but it's still we will be able to continue making progress uh, uh, in being in being competitive like it was. So, but I guess um, gotta wait and see how many Milwaukee's back, how many years Milwaukee's been out of the scene. So I do believe. You know, sometimes it's good to take one step back to move too forward. Well, Roger Penske pretty much said he expects it back in 2025. He said it. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, like I said, he's still able to do it. I think if you make some change on the car and if you race at night, 
you will get back to that place like that. Have you had a chance to talk to Simon recently? I texted him. I uh, text several times. I haven't heard back from him uh, except texting. So, yeah, not. I, I guess he is still going strong. But I, um, I'll call him after we just after we talk right now. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. And Elio, good luck adapting to your role as a teacher here at Meyer Shank. Castroneva's racing, although your name isn't exactly on the title yet. Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass, Indy. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate that. We'll be right back to Pit Pass, Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Hey, everybody. This is Joseph Newgarden, winner of the 107th Indianapolis 500, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Two drivers from Chip Ganassi Racing passed their rookie tests at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and are cleared to compete with the veterans at next year's Indy 500 Open Test in April. Our first guest is a true rookie in IndyCar. It's 2022 Indy Next champion Linus Lundquist, who will race full-time in IndyCar for Chip Ganassi Racing in 2024. Here is my exclusive interview with Lundquist from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. and obviously teammates with Scott Dixon and Alex Pelot, etc. It's it's incredible. So um, yeah, it's it's a good um, access to have as a rookie. It's incredible because walking in here always feels very special. Uh, 
And even with empty grandstands, it's you feel very, very special and uh, fortunate to be in this position. So I can only imagine what it's like to be here when you know all the grandstands are full and there's 300,000 people here. Linus, uh, as far as the ROP, your first laps out there, a lot of drivers always say that they can never forget what it's like the first time they hit the track. Or what was it like for you? Uh, I can I can only agree with those words. I mean, it's so special because it's a place where so many years you sit on the sideline watching this race, dreaming about driving around it. Um, so now to finally be able to do it together with, you know, making my first outing for Tupkanasi Racing, it's it's very, very special. Um, and yeah, I feel very fortunate to be in this position and um, I uh, thoroughly enjoyed today. And a lot of drivers always say it's the phase one laps that are the hardest because you have to drive it slower than the car wants to go. Did you experience that? I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's only Chip Ganassi Racing, but my car was pretty good, even <laughs> even at those speeds. Um, but, you know, the, the faster you go, the more fun you had. And I can tell you at the end when you finish all the phases and, you know, they, they kind of let you run, run whatever tires you have left. Um, that was probably the most fun I've had in a very, very long time. So, yeah, excited to uh, to be back here in May when, when you know, the grandstands will be full and it's not just teams here. I don't want to imagine that, honestly, <laughs> at the moment, because I thought turn one felt tight now. Um, but yeah, it's one of those where you just have to build it up. And even like throughout the day, you know, my first lap, I, I'm not even sure if I made it over 200. And that felt like, damn, I can't really go much faster. And then at the end of the day, you end up at 220 and you still felt fine. So um, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. Uh, but mostly I'm looking forward to the race itself. I mean, that's that's where most of the fun comes. Yeah, it's difficult because I didn't really know what to expect when, when I did Texas. And then I did Texas and it felt just fast. Uh, <laughs> so that was kind of my anticipation for, for this as well. Um, but it feels fast in a different way because you have longer straights and a little bit more rest time. And sometimes a little bit too much time to actually think about what's going on in the car. Um, but that's what, what what makes this place so special as well. Because you you go into the finite of details that makes a huge difference. That's one of the fun things that, that we got into at least a little bit now towards the end. Is that introduced a couple of settings that you wouldn't really have felt anywhere else but but this place. No, we, we had a tire failure. Uh, which wasn't uh, great, I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit scary. Uh, but uh, the boys got it all sorted. So we just put on a new set of tires and then we did have any issues the rest of the day. After you got through ROP, did you almost say, hey, man, give me more tires. I don't want to come in yet. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and that's, I think we, we all did that. We're just like, we don't want to stop running. Um, and um, yeah, it's fun. And especially when, like, you notice the difference when you throw in a new set and you're just like, oh, only three tires. Can we have like five or six? That'd be pretty cool. And then when you come back here in May, I don't know how many they have, if it's 24 or 28, whatever it's for the month. So that feels a little bit better. Compared to race weekend, pretty weekend here in August. Yeah, uh, pretty similar. Uh, I would say, you know, uh, all of the emotions that you just described, you know, um, excitement, not going to lie, I was a little bit nervous, uh, but now it's just happy because uh, it's very, very cool. It's going to take a long, long time for, you know, my, my smile and happiness to, to leave, um, but it's been a very, very cool day. And like I said, it was difficult to know what to expect, but I'm definitely leaving here a little bit more confident coming May. If things had worked out differently, you may have been here this year with a different team. Do you ever sit back and say everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> the patience uh, definitely pays off in uh, you know in in my story, um, and you know 
my last three months basically was, you know, my, my whole life changed after that. And um, I could never have guessed that at the beginning of the year. But if somebody told me that, hey, if you sit out for most part of, you know, 2023 and then you end up at Ganassi for, for 24, I would take that deal for sure. So, and it, it ended up in a very good place. I, did, I have plenty of things to learn, that's for sure. Uh, but that's what's so great about being being in a team like this. Not only do you have drivers like Scott Dixon and Alex Pelot to, to kind of lean on, but just the experience from the engineers and having Dario as um, as a guide, um, it's invaluable. So as a rookie coming here in May, it's, um, I'm going to be well prepared, I think. Don't crash. That's <laughs> the, the most important advice anybody can give a racing driver, I think. But apart from that, it's just like, take your time, build up. And that's what the ROP is for as well. Not to stress or, you know, uh, trying to make the, the speed come on lap one. It's just take your time, get comfortable because when things goes wrong, this, this place bites. No, it just, you know, it doesn't drive the car, but it helps you and guides you in the right direction. Just like, this is good. This is bad. Try this, try that. Um, so it just, it's just... I like a lot of comfort for the driver um, and he has so much experience and um, so much knowledge so you just want to continue to ask him questions until he asks you to leave or um, <laughs> uh, something else but yeah it's just good to have um, especially as a rookie coming into this championship have you gotten a chance to drive this car yet with the hybrid assist on it no I have not uh, a lot of uh, the other drivers have and I'm going to be watching here tomorrow and, and Friday as well uh, and hopefully I'll get a chance to, to do that by the end of the year but we'll see Marcus Armstrong of New Zealand competed on the road and street courses on the IndyCar schedule in 2023. Next season, he will run the entire schedule, including the ovals. Here is what Armstrong had to say after his Indy 500 rookie test in this Pit Pass Indy exclusive. You're through ROP. How was it? Was it a surprise? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it was a surprise at all. Um, uh, I thought it was actually quite difficult to do phase one, if anything, um, because having to predict the, the lap speed is not easy, especially when I don't really have a reference of what's fast or slow. So I thought it was actually difficult to stay at that pace initially. Um, and then as we progressively got faster, um, yeah, I, I, I had good confidence right from the beginning. It's obviously a, a very good car and we, we had, um, you know, tons of stability in the car and, and it gave me a lot of confidence and I couldn't have asked for a, um, a better introduction to this place. Uh, this was, uh, this was my first time driving around here, up around that way and, I mean, it's, uh, it was it was perfect, really. It's really nice conditions and cold. Um, yeah, it's great. I think I've I've enjoyed it a whole lot more than than I expected. Um, not saying that I didn't expect to enjoy it, but I think the intensity of it is uh, is pretty special. And um, you know, watching on boards and watching it on TV is one thing, but actually feeling how the car moves and you know, how the wind affects you and, and the, the tiny, tiny details of, of this place and Texas has, you know, given me so much enjoyment. And since I first drove at Texas, actually, I've been pretty fascinated by watching old videos. So 
um, just because now I sort of know what to expect in a way. So um, I've enjoyed it a, a lot, yeah. I honestly, it's just it's my job to drive a car as fast as it can go. And, um, you know, today was reasonably um, easy, let's say. It was flat out. The conditions are suitable. We weren't taking any risks on error level or anything. Um, but when the time comes and we, we're looking for, you know, the ultimate lap time, um, I'm ready for it and just going to maximize what I have. Honestly, I, I felt pretty comfortable straight away. Um, I would say here, as soon as I could, like phase three, for example, as soon as I could go flat, um, I was flat and it wasn't necessarily difficult. Um, and I had a ton of confidence as well, but that's also because of how rock solid this car is around here. So, um, yeah, it was, it's also helpful to have, you know, Dario here and and also chatting a lot to Scott. And, you know, I can imagine if Scott came here and did this day, he would have been flat on the outlap. So just got to remember that and keep your foot pinned. Dario likes to go into his details about where he's turning in and all this and that, which is all well and good if you know what to expect. But last night I had no idea what to expect. So, you know, I've never driven around here. Um, it met my expectations um, pretty pretty similar, similarly because, uh, yeah, it, I mean, the car was very predictable. It didn't do anything um, crazy. The conditions were good and, um, yeah, I know that the car can, can do it, so you just got to trust the car and do it. It's certainly helpful. Um, I've thought about it quite a bit, you know, if, if I didn't have the reference of, of these guys telling me that, you know, this will be like that and that will be like this, then um, the learning process would be a lot longer. So having them certainly shortens it up, but it's also very instinctual as well. This has been described as a four-corner high-speed road course because of the precision of the four turns. Did you see it that way? Did you feel it that way? Because it is different than any other oval. Yeah, um, four, four corners, they all feel pretty different, um, especially with the wind, even though it's fairly low. Um, but yeah, I can understand how a month around here is, it is going to be difficult to, to sort of know what you're looking for and to try and be productive and for, for quality or the race, because I'm sure with a month around here with different conditions constantly, you can probably chase your tail a bit. So, um, I'm going to be working hard with my engineers and team to understand what I need to do to to maximize the month of testing. When, before I went to Long Beach, for example, I knew what to expect because I've driven on a street circuit before and I've driven an Indy car, so I can sort of try and try and sort of make it up in my mind of how it's going to be. Um, driving on an oval, you don't know where you're going to turn in, you don't know how it's going to feel, how the weight transfer is going to, going to be. So that was um, it's part of the learning process and I, I have to say it was, it was very good. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. 
head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm Scott McLaughlin, driver of the number three Team Penske Chevy, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Chip Ganassi won his 15th NTT IndyCar Series Championship in 2023 with Alex Pillow. Ganassi hopes to win another Indianapolis 500 in 2024 and will have a five-driver lineup competing in the big race on Memorial Day weekend next May. I caught up with Ganassi to reflect on his Indy 500 ROP way back in 1982 and to talk about his prospects for 2024 in this Pit Pass Indy exclusive interview. It's always an honor to have our next guest. It's team owner Chip Ganassi. Chip, we're at Indianapolis 500 rookie orientation, and you had two of your drivers, Marcus Armstrong and Linus Lundquist, go through their ROP today and successfully pass. 41 years ago, you went through your ROP, and in a lot of ways, hasn't the program changed a little bit from what you had to go through? It was a little bit more strict back in your day. It certainly was more strict. It was was something that, uh, you know, you had to have veterans sign off on your on your license, you had to have veterans. You know, after after you drove, you had to have you had to have veterans actually yeah. uh, uh, watch you, observe you, observe you. Thank you, observe you, and uh, and then they had to sign off on your your uh, your 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 driving. You know, and I remember uh, I remember some of the guys that signed off on me, and actually one of them was the guy who just had to be here that day was Parnelli, and uh, so that was kind of interesting and. Uh, I think Rutherford was one of the guys that signed off for me in Mario. Were you a little intimidated by the program and also making sure that the veterans didn't exnay you from your ROP? I wasn't a little intimidated. I was a lot intimidated. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. It was a pretty intimidating place in those days. I mean, and the other thing you had to keep in mind, we had in 1982, I want to say there were over 60 car driver combinations, you know, and uh, so that was, you uh, was, uh, you're, uh, you were pretty, you were pretty uh, out on the edge of the envelope there, you know. Do you recall how long it took for you to get through every phase? I don't, as a matter of fact. I mean, I think I did it in one day. I think I had to come back the next day and do something only because I think in the middle of the day, I recall we had a motor thing or something. And so we had to come back the next day and finish the last piece of it or something and your rookie test was that done in the with the machinist union no, team no 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 my rookie thing was done with jack Rhodes. that's right right from columbus indiana but as far though as you think back 41 years how much this has changed now we're here in october and pretty much it yeah. seems like a lot of the drivers breeze through it these days what do you see as being the biggest reason why it has changed so much well i think it has a lot to do with you know, it's 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 a a, a single chassis, yeah. you know, a single chassis series. So there's a lot of it's a lot of information out there about the car from different people. You know, um, there's a lot of you know uh, a lot a lot of tradecraft out there that's that's sort of everybody knows, if you will. And uh, so I think that has a lot to do with you know that, that I think the engines are a lot more durable. They're better. 
you know, you're not, you know, I mean, when those, back in those days in 82, you know, you had engines blowing up left and right. And, you know, they, I mean, uh, you know, cars, the cars were not as developed in those days. There weren't engineers running around. There were, you know, a couple guys had, a couple teams had engineers. That was it. So I guess the veteran observers today was you and Dario Franchitti. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Dario and I did, the, the, ironically, we were discussing some of the lines there into turn one. So uh, that seems to have not changed since 1982. To have two of your drivers in ROP, and they both got through very well. Um, oh, Linus had a tire issue earlier in the day, but he got through that okay. Uh, how would you assess the way the day went from Linus Lundquist and Marcus Armstrong? Yeah, all as uh, as advertised, and uh, they did both did solid jobs and right did everything we wanted them to do and more. Just wrapping up with Chip Ganassi, the team owner, winning team owner of uh, Alex Pillow. He's going to be back on the track for the hybrid testing and. How do you see that program going along and, and the steps that have been made for IndyCar to enter the hybrid assist device that will be added to the cars in 2024? Yeah, it, it um, you know, we have a little bit of hybrid experience with the LMDH car, and I would say it's probably paralleling that program. You know, it's, you know, you have a lot of, uh, you know, what I would call teething issues that, you know, they're sort of one-time issues that you, everybody have them one time and then it's over with them. So you go through a lot of that anytime you have some new component like that on the car. And uh, I think it'll probably be ready for next year. I'm, you know, but uh, yeah, we're all, uh, it's all, all waiting and seeing with anticipation. Well, good luck with that. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. This is Will Power of Team Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. We wrap up today's episode with one of the all-time greats in IndyCar. It's four-time IndyCar Series champion and three-time Indianapolis 500 winner Dario Franchitti of Scotland. He remains a key member of Chip Ganassi Racing as a driver, coach, and consultant. I caught up with Frank Keedy after Chip Ganassi Racing drivers Linus Lundquist and Marcus Armstrong completed their Indy 500 rookie test at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for this exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is the great Dario Franchitti. Dario, we're here at Indianapolis 500 rookie testing, of which two of your drivers at Chip Ganassi Racing went through it today. It was Linus Lundquist and Marcus Armstrong, you being one of the team advisors, the key team advisors at Chip Ganassi Racing. How would you assess the way they pretty much breezed through it? Yeah, they did. They, they did a great job today. Um, you know, the team showed up with good cars, which yeah. makes things a little bit easier, uh, let's be honest. But um, both of them did a fantastic job, did exactly what they were asked to do through the stages, the three stages of rookie orientation. And they finished it early enough with tires left and they got to do some laps yeah. and make some changes, understand a little bit how the conditions change as it warms up here at the Speedway, made some changes on the cars to give them you know, an education going into May. So really, a, a, you know, a good day for uh, for us. We've still got uh, to do rookie orientation with Kiffin Simpson and that will happen uh, next year. 
So um, three rookies next year. It's yeah. going to be a busy month in May when you consider uh, the Scott Dixon as well as uh, as Alex Peloso. Um, but yeah, good start to everything. Marcus was saying last night you were giving him some tips and some key points and places to look at. And he said without having any background reference, he really didn't know what you were talking about until he actually got on the track. But how valuable is it when you have a rookie going out there for veterans such as yourself to be able to give them a little bit of idea what to expect? Oh, I hope very valuable, yeah. but you have to ask those guys that. Um, no, it's, you know, when you can help shortcut situations, especially here at the Speedway where, you know, experience is hard won. Yeah. Um, when you can do that, it's uh, it's very helpful. And, you know, last night, uh, Marcus, Linus and I had dinner. Um, Kiffin's already down at uh, Rodelanta for, for Petit Le Mans. So, um, but we had we had dinner and uh, just went through different things, different uh, things I could sort of help with just to, to give them something, some experience going into today, as you say, when they get on track, first of all. And uh, so it's not completely new because on uh, a day like today, everything... Everything the experience comes as a surprise to them. You don't really want surprises at uh, 225 miles an hour. Now, as I recall, your rookie season here at the Indianapolis 500, I mean, you were already a cart star when you came over. But that was still back in the day when you had some crafty veteran drivers as observers that you had to make sure when you did your ROP that they didn't see anything to discredit you over. I didn't do it um, because I'd raced, you know, I don't know how many five. You got the waiver. I got the waiver. There was a bunch of us got the waiver because we'd done so many 500 mile races. And let's, and, and at the time, cars that were a lot quicker than the cars we were racing here. But um, I, I will say that um, we, Paul, Tracy, and I tested here early in the year. It was nice and cool conditions like today. Yeah. And we thought, oh, this is easy. Well, I certainly did. Paul had been here a bunch, but I thought, oh, it's easy. And I came back, it was 20, 30 degrees warmer and it was windy and I crashed the car coming off of turn one because it was a lot more difficult. This 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 track is is one of the, uh, no, it is the most difficult because of the conditions, because of the the tightrope that you walk every corner as a, as a driver. So uh, anytime, anytime you can get on the track, as we did today, is good. You told me a story way back when about how when you first arrived, you probably didn't think of the Indianapolis 500 the way you should have, but then one day the light bulb went off over your head and you fell in love with the place. What was the light bulb moment for you? I think the light bulb moment was that was that first combination. Was it first? Yeah, was it, was it a light bulb moment? Probably not. The combination of that first race, seeing this place full in 2002, coming back here in 03 when I couldn't race because I'd broken my back on a yeah. motorbike. Um, and then the final piece of that puzzle was having Dan Weldon as a teammate because Dan loved this place so much and that enthusiasm and love for it was infectious and, that, and you know, that sort of, uh, that, that, that dragged me along a bit to start with and then I just started to understand it and get it, realize how difficult the race was and, uh, I mean, fell in love with it. When you think of next year's rookie class, you've got two pretty good rookies on your team Marcus will be an Indy 500 rookie, so he'll be eligible for Rookie of the Year. And you got Linus Lundquist. Tom Blomquist is going to be with Meyer Shank Racing, but you've got this kid that's going to test here tomorrow that's already a 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion, Kyle Larson. Kid can win in anything. How intrigued are you by those drivers in next year's Indianapolis 500? You know, when, when you add Kiffin to that... Uh to that mix it's, it's, it's an intriguing yeah. field there's experience from all types of, of racing throughout the world and I mean Kyle Larson as you say can win in anything he when he, when he was racing for us in cup with Ganassi when he first showed up at, uh, at Daytona the 24 hour 
And we saw his talent on full display very, very quickly. And it's, it is so impressive and he can adapt very, very quickly. So um, he'll face the challenges that anybody faces here at Indianapolis in an IndyCar, but um, that, that, that level of talent is certainly going to help him. Did you have any idea that Chip was going to field five cars in 2024? No, we, we talked about, you know, we talked about the four drivers we were going to have. Um, and we talked, uh, and then, then it was like, Hey, we're doing five. It's like, wow. I mean, yeah. five and three rookies. I was like, thank you. So I, you know, it's going to be a very busy, very busy year for, uh, for everybody involved in the team. You know, we're having extra trucks, modified trucks, you know, new technology to be able to, to oversee five cars at, at once. So, um, yeah, it'll be busy, but it'll be worth it. How do you compartmentalize and make sure that you're there to, for each driver for whatever they have to ask? You know, that's that's part of that technology. You know, you've got those three rookies, but you yeah. can't forget um, Pelot and, and, and even Scott Dixon. Yeah. As much experience as he's got, there's still times where hopefully, you know, uh, can add value. And, uh, you know, if he's not getting the, the appropriate amount of attention, he'll certainly let me know. And that becomes, that's one of those things of being best friends, right? You can, <laughs> you can give yeah. each other a hard time, but um, yeah, it'll be busy, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And finally, the season had ended a month ago today, as a matter of fact, or a month ago yesterday, uh, the 2023 season ended in Monterey, but yet here we are at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And in a lot of ways with an IndyCar team, there's always another goal, another challenge, and another thing to accomplish. And today was that. Tomorrow will be hybrid testing. You'll probably be out here for some of that. So the off-season really isn't a time for people to go on vacation. It's a time to roll up your sleeves and go to work. Yeah, you make the gains. You know, the, the, the lessons you learn in the season, you make the gains yeah. in, in the off-season. Yeah, there's no, there's no off time for, for this. I'm just looking into this room of engineers here. And then the mechanics, everybody that builds the cars back at the shop, nobody gets time off. And that's part of it. You've got to, you've got to love what you do. Um, and then as you say, hybrid stuff. I mean, Marcus Armstrong did 900 miles at Sebring of hybrid testing. Um, you know, Pillow's going to do some tomorrow. Um, so Dixon's done a load of it too. It's, um, yeah, it's, it, but we're playing with racing cars. So, you know, anytime you can do it, it's fun. Well, it certainly is fun, and it's always fun to talk to you. Dario Franchitti, the three-time Indianapolis 500-winning driver and a four-time IndyCar Series champion. Congratulations on your great accomplishments, a Hall of Fame career, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Anytime, Bruce. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. We want to thank our guests, Tom Blomquist and Elio Castroneves of Meyer Shank Racing, Linus Lundquist, Marcus Armstrong, Chip Ganassi, and Dario Franchitti of Chip Ganassi Racing for joining us on today's podcast to speak about their efforts in the 108th Indianapolis 500 in 2024. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And because of our guests and listeners, Pit Pass Indy is proud to be the winner of the best podcast by the National Motorsports Press Association. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500.
This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.